0: What's up? It's Willie McGinnis, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, and I'm hanging out with my man Chris Palmay, okay? Chris does a podcast, 30 Minutes Live with CDP Podcast, every Wednesday and Friday night on Twitter, Facebook, and his YouTube channel. Make sure everybody tunes in, okay, to my man Chris Palmay's podcast. Again, it's every Wednesday and Friday night on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Make sure you guys check him out.
1: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP on this Friday, September 3rd. Uh, I'm looking forward to my guest today, uh, Matt uh, Derry, a longtime radio personality in Detroit and Cleveland, and uh, also the host of the Lions podcast, the Pistons podcast, uh, the Derry brothers uh, tribe uh, cast on uh, 92.3, the fan in Cleveland. So uh, just give me one minute guys, and I'm going to bring on Matt and we're going to talk a little bit about his career in radio in Detroit specifically, and also about the 2021 uh, Detroit Lions and, and how much they uh, they could improve this year with the new head coach, Dan Campbell. And obviously the quarterback change with uh, Stafford going to the Rams and now um Jarek Goff is the Lions quarterback. So just give me one second, guys, and I will bring on Matt. I'm really looking forward to speaking to Matt today. And uh, like I said, we'll talk some Lions football on that. Hey, Matt, how you doing?
0: How you doing, Chris? Good to see you, buddy.
1: Good. You can hear and see me okay?
0: I got you, my friend. How you been? Perfect.
1: Good, good. I always like to get on my podcast a little early, always to make sure there's no technical difficulties, because sometimes it can happen. <laughs> I'm learning this.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. You never know. I had a had a microphone issue earlier this week for my shows and had to make some adjustments, but we're all good.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's why I kind of always send my uh, guests the uh, uh, link a little bit earlier, just in case there's an issue on their end or on my end. So All good. Yes. Well, like I said, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'm a huge Detroit sports fan, but I have to admit I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm a a huge NFL fan. And I I wanted to kind of talk to you about the, the Detroit Lions and see how much you think they will improve in 2021.
0: Wait, did you hold on? Before did you say you're an Eagles fan?
1: Yes, I am. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm I'm pro Red Wings, Pistons, Taggers, Michigan Wolverines, but I've always been an Eagles fan. But I I do love Barry really? Sanders, Barry Sanders, and Barry, Billy Sams, who uh, became before Barry uh, Sanders. But uh, I just wanted to talk some Lions football
0: with yeah. you today. No, uh, well, first of all, let let's 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 uh let's set this up. The Eagles are gonna have a long season, and the Lions are gonna have a long season. So, uh, you're in trouble, Chris. But uh yeah, you know, this is going to be an interesting year, certainly to watch the development of a lot of young players. You look at the Lions roster now that it's sort of official and still fluid to an extent, but this 53-man roster is so young. Chris, uh, you know, 40 to 45% of it's 24 years of age or younger. Um it's it's going to be a it's going to be a long season, unfortunately. But but it's a rebuild and and that's that's the direction they're going, so I get it.
1: I was going to say, I was reading up on this morning. I think the Lions actually have the youngest roster in the National Football League right now.
0: I think you're right. Uh, as of a couple of days ago, there were two, but I think they've leapfrogged since. Um, and it's just, it's going to be a lot of development. Uh, Brad Holmes, the general manager, spoke on Thursday. And one of the things that he said was um, he used the words grit, toughness, alignment, process, you know what word he didn't use, Chris? He never said talent. He never talked about the talent on this team. You know why? Because Brad knows there's not a lot, and he's going to have to build build it. He's going to have to bring more in. Uh, he's going to try to hopefully, uh, you know, unmask some of that talent and find, find where it is, um, and it could be through the draft this year. Guys that we don't know that are talented are going to be. Guys that they develop with this coaching staff, which I think is a good staff. But as of right now, yeah, the talent is not there.
1: I was going to say, and and the Lions' first three games are against tough opponents because I I do believe San Francisco is going to be very improved this year. Then you got to go to Green Bay, I believe, on Sunday night or Monday night, and then you're home to Baltimore week three. So the first three games are going to be against very three good quality opponents.
0: Yeah, you know, you look at it and you say, okay, let's like you said, look at the schedule. I'm looking at just the first two, okay? Okay. Number one, San Francisco coming in here. And and I've talked about this on my show a little bit. Chris Kacirek is the former Lions D-line coach that the Lions let leave to go to Miami when they had made the change from, I believe, Schwartz to Caldwell. Or no, I think it was Caldwell to Patricia. And Chris can really coach. And I think he's got a a defensive line that is really, really going to get after quarterbacks. And I think it's going to be a long day for Jared Goff and the Lions that day. Plus, you throw in San Francisco utilizing the two quarterbacks with Garoppolo. Then they run Trey Lanson, run some RPOs. It's it could be a long day for the Lions then. And then, you know, week two, you got to go to Green Bay and play Monday night where the, the entire broadcast and that whole game is going to be surrounding in Aaron Rodgers. So for the first two weeks are no no cakewalk, that is for sure.
1: And I was going to say, and you're in a much tougher division than uh, the Eagles are, because I think the NFC East right now is still up for grabs technically based on talent. Dallas should win the division, but they never do. And uh, I'm, I'm not even making any predictions with the Eagles. I just hopefully with the new coaching staff and Jalen Hurts is in a second year, can maybe take a few extra steps. I'm hoping the Eagles will be more competitive, but I'm definitely not making any predictions on how many games they're going to win this year. Because <laughs> last, year, last year I called for 11 wins and they only won four games. So.
0: Well, yeah, last year for Philly was a bit of a, uh, I think it was an anomaly. I've never seen a team. Win a Super Bowl and Doug Peterson, they could. Have, we're building a statue of this guy, and then within two or three years, it's all blown up. I, I don't quite get it. Now we're seeing Carson Wentz in Indy uh, with this whole vaccination situation. I, I don't. We're kind of seeing what his leadership skills look like right now. But uh, I'm not a huge Minshew fan. Jalen Hurts is meh in my opinion. But you're right. The division is, is different. You look at the schedules too. The Lions have to play the AFC North. Yep. So they're not beating Baltimore. They're not beating Pittsburgh. And they're not beating Cleveland. And then they got to play the NFC West. So they're playing Seattle, forget it. San Francisco, forget it. Uh, Arizona, you know, tough game. And then, of course, Matthew Stafford and the Rams. I'm not sure Stafford's going to allow his team to lose to the Lions at home. So, brutal schedule. You're right about the, the divisions and how they line up. I'm not, you know better than me on who the Eagles are playing. Uh, You know, cross division, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough finding where those wins are coming from this year in Detroit, but that's the plan. And I think fans have to be patient. Even me hosting lockdown Lions every day has to be patient too.
1: Well, I'm really, all my teams right now um, are basically in rebuilds the red wings, the taggers, the Pistons right. yeah. and the Eagles are actually they're going to probably be in a full rebuild uh depending on what, how the first months of the season goes. Uh It's just as a fan, you have to be patient and you just have to hope the coaching staff and the uh, management draft, the right young players, and then they add the right free agencies in the future. But I do think uh, Detroit sports is looking up with the Tigers, Pistons and Red Wings.
0: <laughs> well, Chris, it can't get any worse, right, man? Like that's, the last year, true. I mean, this, I mean, Looking up, yes, uh, you can't argue that. I think Steve Eiserman has the Red Wings going in the right direction. I got news for you, though. Uh, they're still not very good. And no, this isn't like Eiserman just got here last week. This has been a couple of years. I've been very disappointed yeah. in some of the younger guys that the Red Wings have, have, have trotted out in their performance so far. A little surprised they brought back their head coach, but I'm not as close to that situation okay. as I am with the Lions and Pistons. I think the Pistons are going to be really, really – improve this year I'm not saying playoffs yet but with Cade Cunningham and and, and some on. of the younger guys I like the direction and look the Lions you can't go anywhere else but up after the last three years of Matt Patricia and five years of Bob Quinn is an unmitigated disaster uh Tigers I know there's local media in Detroit that think that this is the second coming of the 1927 Yankees I'm not buying that I still think they're a little ways away yes um but yes no question that things should be a lot better in the next coming years than they've been the last five.
1: Okay. Hey, before I start asking you some questions, just a quick thought. I know you're a Cleveland guy and you're from Ohio originally. Yeah. Uh, What's your thoughts on the Cleveland Indians changing their names to the uh, guardians for the uh, 2022 season?
0: You know, I, I I'm, I'm a little mixed on it because I, I know and understand why they're doing it. And there were enough native American folks and, and, and Indians that um, uh, really were offended by the name. And the Indians took a long look, owner Paul Dolan and his people took a long look at it. And with the society and how things have kind of changed over the last few years, um, and with people's voices being heard, uh, the tribe elected to kind of go in that direction. Um, Part of me looks up and says it really isn't that offensive name. You know, Redskins is a slur very offensive. I can see why they changed their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indians, I go back and forth on it, but I understand it. As far as the name of the Guardians, it's different for sure. I know a lot of people have hopped on my Twitter, and I appreciate you promoting it on your screen there, uh, and, and razzed me on it, like, oh, God, a name is Guardians, but it has a historical significance in the city. The bridge that goes from from uh, West Side Market, which is kind of like the Eastern Market here in Detroit, in Cleveland, across um, the water a little bit. Uh, to the stadium. Progressive Field has these two giant guardians of traffic st- uh, structures and statues that are very cool. And so they utilize that. So I get it. I'm used to it by now. They're keeping the colors. They're keeping the script okay. logo. So from that standpoint, I'm okay with it. I, as a huge Tribe fan, man, I just want to win. I don't care what our name is. Can, can we get healthy and get Shane Bieber back and Aaron Savali back and, and make a run next year? That's, that's all I care about. <laughs> I
1: think this division, uh, the AL Central, is going to be tough for years to come because I think Chicago is not going to go anywhere for a while, the White Sox. Yeah. I think Cleveland Cleveland always does a good job with their farm system, and I think they'll be back competitive uh, next year. Yeah. And I think the Tigers are I, – I, I. I'm being optimistic. I think the Tigers are on the right path, and I also like the fact A.J. Hinch is a good teacher, and he's helped this team with the pitching staff and the the fundamentals of baseball a little bit too.
0: Oh, Hinch has uh, done a great job. I don't know how this team has won in the amount of games that it's won this season because you look at the roster and I don't see a ton of great talent. Certainly, uh, you're, you're excited about Casey Mize. Scoobles given up way too many home runs. Uh, but Candelario has has developed and improved. Uh, the coaching staff, the job they've done with Akil Badu and Eric Haas has been really good. So that's what you have to hang your hat on. And Torkelson and Green are coming, but... I, I question where the pitching is going to come from. I'm not sold that Scooble is a number two or number three, and I'm not sold Manning is ready yet. Well, so where's the rest of the staff coming from? Still got a pitch, but yep. they, the, the, the coaching staff's done a really good job with that bullpen and certainly with some of the positional players.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, just got some questions for you. Just let me know if you um, if you're, uh, have to – Get off early or whatever. No, we're, we're good, buddy. We're, we're good. good. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Uh the first three questions is kind of how you started out in the business. And then we'll uh, we'll get into the Detroit Lion questions because I, I did want to get to you about the Lions this year. I'm trying to do every team uh or as many as I can on my podcast as well. Cause nice. I like to I like to learn about the other teams as well, too.
0: You got to. Um and as a Lions fan, I think a lot of Lions fans will say. Uh, Can we hear more about the other team we're playing? Because our team is, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding this year. But, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I, I'm trying not to, it's tough when you're doing five days a week and you're talking about the team to not get negative just based on what you see Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the talent there. Like I said, but we knew what we signed up for this year with, with Holmes and with Campbell, that it's going to take some time, but uh, tough to be patient when you're getting into the season and you're getting excited for for game starting next Sunday.
1: Okay. The first question I wanted to ask you, Matt, is can you tell my audience here in Ontario just a little bit about yourself and when did you decide you wanted to pursue a career in radio?
0: Well, you mentioned before, Chris, I, I'm a Cleveland native, uh, born and raised in Ohio. I know that's kind of the enemy around here, but that's cool. And uh, ever, ever since I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be the next Joe Tate. Joe was my idol, voice of the Cavs, did the Indians for many years as well. And I got to know Jay, uh, Joe in his later years, um, and actually he recently passed away. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be the next Joe and uh, got into broadcasting, went to Syracuse for it, uh, worked at the uh, college radio station at Syracuse WAER, which brought us the likes of Bob Costas, Marv Albert, Mike Tarico, Sean McDonough, uh, Ian Eagle, Dave Pash, guys like that. So I wanted to be them. And uh, I ended up in Cleveland for a year in radio after graduating, in my hometown, and then the station got sold. We all got fired, and then I was talking to Pash, who was working at WDFN at the time, and I'm like, you guys have any openings in Detroit? He said, yeah, actually at our station, we do. I drove up, interviewed, I got the job, and I was doing nighttime updates and reporting at WDFN, and I spent 13 pretty fun years there, from 96 to 03, or uh, 09, and then the station obviously kind of got blown up. Stony Wojo got fired, Uh, Jamie... Uh, Greg Brady, Sean Bleach, and all these people got let go. I stayed for a little while because uh, I was doing Pistons pre-off and post-game, and then I moved on to 97 on the ticket, which is still up and running now and doing well. was there for four years and then two years at 105.1 as we attempted to do sports there, and I went over to do my own show, and that was an unmitigated disaster from top to bottom. Great people, some great folks, but they did not know how to run a sports station. And uh, so I kind of got out of that and... Uh, I've been teaching for three years at U of D Jesuit High School. I work at, you can see on my shirt, Financial Architects now, a company mm-hmm. in Farmington Hills that does uh, holistic uh, macro uh, financial planning for families. I do all their marketing and business development. I absolutely love it. But on the side, I'm still dabbling in broadcasting, whether it's Locked On Lions, whether it's the Detroit Pistons official podcast, the Pistons pod. You mentioned before, my brother and I do an Indian show once a week, and we do some podcast stuff at my company. So I'm staying, staying in it that way, but... I love sports, and I love being on the air whenever I can, but uh, full-time in Detroit, no. Uh, I fill in at the fan in Cleveland once in a while. I'm able to do the shows from my house, and that's a great station, probably the best station top to bottom that I've ever worked at, to be honest. Um, so it's a lot of fun still still being able to do that. And the podcasting game, as you know, is, is strong, and many people are looking for a different medium, and I hope I can provide Lions fans with it, Pistons fans or whatever.
1: And well, like I said, I started this podcast uh, March 2020, and uh, for a while it took me to get a, a, a long time to get guests on here. But I just kept working on it, and I've been doing it two, three, four times a week. And uh, I really appreciate like guests like yourself and Chuck Sworski, and it's just amazing. I never thought I would get anybody in the industry on my podcast, but I guess just reaching out to people everyone's been really great in your industry i uh, was uh, me with what i'm trying to trying to do at my age
0: well networking is huge as you know uh you did reach out and it's like hey wh- wh- why would i not respond you you were completely nice and uh and explain to me what what uh, was going on and what you were doing and um it's that's cool you had chuck on chuck Chuck was not well, not all that well received here in Detroit for many years. He was the voice of uh, Michigan basketball, mm-hmm. but uh, boy, when he went to, to Toronto and started doing the Raptors, he became uh, he became big time. So good for him.
1: Yeah, he's a super nice guy. A lot of these guys I've talked to. I uh, as a fan of the Eagles, you 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 don't care for the other teams, obviously like Dallas and that. But when you yeah. start getting to know guys that are working with other uh, teams, you start to like, hey, I hope their team does well because uh, they're really good, like John Murphy of the Bills and Bob Sochi of the Patriots. So, and uh, like I said, I just have to keep working at this, and and I um I'm also doing some volunteer work as a camera operator, uh here in the in the near the Toronto area doing hockey games, and, and I got a taste of broadcasting a couple years ago, and this is something I really have a passion for. And I'm hoping one day to get an opportunity.
0: No, Chris, you got to just, it's amazing. It's about who you know and what you're looking to do. Uh, Always, you know, stay in touch with me. You got my email and we've been communicating. So however I can help you, I will. And um, that's what a lot of this is. There are plenty of good broadcasters that are not on the air because they don't know enough people. And there's plenty of mediocre to bad broadcasters that because they've got ins and connections, they're on the air. And uh, so it, it kind of works both ways, but uh, networking and getting to know people certainly is very important.
1: And like I said, I am also trying to be very flexible with my guests too. When you uh, contacted me last night and said you could come on at one Friday, I had no problems. I had everything all ready for you because I like to be prepared. Like Chuck Swarski told me, do your homework and try to be prepared and, and all that for your guests. So,
0: and, and you know, and, and that's a good point, but I also think like, being able to do this medium where it's on camera uh you're promoting it which you have done well and just letting letting the guests talk and just having some fun is is huge everybody you know podcasting and these video shows are yep. are really taking off and uh, a lot of people are doing them but it's you know it's how you set it up i loved your open with willie mcginnis man that was really yep. cool uh stuff like that uh, stands out for sure
1: I try to be different. So, hey, uh, Matt, you, I, I try to – I uh, everybody's podcast is different, and I'm just trying to do the best one I can, and I try to be unique and try to do different things. So
0: I get it. I get it, brother. No question okay. about it.
1: You already answered my second question, by the way, because sometimes okay. you ask one question. I'm still learning and all that, but the second question you already answered where you went to school at Syracuse, great basketball program. Did you have any mentors, Matt, when you were starting out in the industry?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, like I said, um, Joe Tate was a mentor to me because he was just my idol, and then when I was doing Pistons pre and post for years, I I finally went up to him, uh, introduced myself to him when the Cavs were in town. He was doing the Cavs radio, and I just told him, "Uh, you mean everything to me. I'd love to talk to you sometime. He he gave me his number. We talked. Uh, When he came back to town a few uh, years, two later, we ended up going to dinner. We ended up having a mutual friend and ended up Always going to Lully's out on Auburn Hills every time uh, the Cavs came to town for dinner. I mean, having to being able to break bread and sit at a meal with Joe Tate was like the greatest thing for me. Uh, George Blaha, obviously here in Detroit, was has been a mentor for me. So I got to work with George Les Levine in Cleveland, who was my father, my late father's best friend for many years, and helped me get my first opportunity at WHK in '95 in Cleveland. Uh, was was a mentor, and then some of the Syracuse guys, Tarico and Eagle who I still talk to all the time those guys were when I was a student we were doing the games football basketball and lacrosse they would call into the station this is before the internet in the 90s and they would want to be put on hold uh, on their work phones or wherever like Mike would be at ESPN sometimes not able to see the Syracuse basketball game against you know Lemoyne or Cornell because those weren't broadcast in early November and and he would listen to the broadcast and listen to us on hold. On his speakerphone as he was getting ready for SportsCenter, and so guys like that were always always a good mentors for me.
1: Okay, because that's one question I always ask my guests about mentors and stuff like that. And um, right now, I'm, I've got a few guys that are, are sort of helping me online. And it's like you said, it's nice to have their phone numbers or their email addresses if I have any questions or need something I feel I need to work on, and or to give me some feedback as well.
0: Yeah. No, that's the thing. It's like, there's so many guys, Chris and girls in this industry that just think I'm going to crack open the mic and I'm just going to go and they're yeah. not ready for feedback. And then we hop on Twitter and it gets ugly and people are bashing or what. And it's like, no, what you want to do is get off of social media sometimes. And you're right. Pick up the phone and say, Hey, I got this podcast I'm doing. What do you think of it? And I was just talking today to Dan Leach, who was at 97.1 for a long time, a Detroit uh, host. Um, and, a, and, a, and a guy that I've mentored before, although Dan is not much younger than me, but he's starting off doing a, a new show for v and Bet Rivers. And I hit him up today and I said, dude, I'm listening to your show. And I kind of gave him some pointers, just some, some things that I thought he was doing some, some things I thought he was repeating too much, other things that I loved. And he was so receptive. He's like, oh, please tell me, how, listen to the second show. Tell me what you think. What can I improve on? Uh, you, you gotta always want to get better and listen yes. to some of the people that can help you get better. Uh, the folks that just crack open a mic and go, nope, I'm really good and this is what I'm doing and not take some feedback. I want feedback all the time. When this summer when I was talking about the Calvin Johnson situation and how the Lions had uh, not really reached out to him and and I had a lot of the listeners saying, Matt, stop talking about Calvin. You're running it into the ground <laughs> enough. I listened, I said, this is what the people want. I got to listen to them. So. Listening is huge. You got to got to listen to the people around you sometimes too. Not just definitely. yourself. No, definitely Matt.
1: And uh like I said, I'm just trying to improve every day and every week and and uh, and, and if I'm lucky enough to get the opportunity one day on radio, I'm going to always stay humble and and try to keep improving cuz yeah, you you always there's always things anybody always can get better at
0: improving. No question. No. Definitely. I, you're right. You're right, Chris. And uh you know it's not everybody knows everything for sure. Definitely. <laughs> Even in 2021, where we have experts telling us about science and medicines, yeah. uh, and uh, it's it's a it's a wild world we're in right now. Definitely.
1: Hey, I was going to say, Matt, did you ever ever have any dealings with the late Fred McLeod? Because one of my social media friends, Beth, uh, Fred, I, I had a ch- chance to talk to him a couple times before he uh, passed away. But to me, he was one of my favorite announcers when he was in Detroit. And then uh, when he returned to Cleveland and called the Cavs uh, 16 championship against Golden State, I just was going to ask you if you had yeah. Ever had any dealings with Fred.
0: Oh, sure. I mean, Fred was here for many years doing the Pistons and worked at Channel 4 consummate pro you mentioned beth his wife is just an amazing person and uh i actually do need to reach out to her and just see how she's doing because um to lose fred like that uh so suddenly was just sad for everybody
1: okay uh yeah because he's one of the best and i think austin carr is still uh their color analyst yes yeah. The Cavs games. He's yeah
0: still doing the games uh mr cavalier uh, yes really the first really the first Cavs legend Uh, that there was when I was growing up. uh, He was really, I think the first all-star they had and uh, yeah, beloved in Cleveland for sure.
1: I was going to say that championship was big, but I was going to ask you if the Browns ever won a championship or the, uh, the Cleveland Indians, do you, which one would you think would be, big? would it always be, is Cleveland always going to be a a Brownstown number one?
0: Oh yeah. And, And you're asking the wrong guy because I am such a tribe slappy and such a big Indians fan uh that that's all i care about i mean if the browns won the super bowl this year and let me be honest they're really good and they might uh i'd be happy but i would break down cry go numb uh if the indians ever did it and i was there in 2016 at game seven i drove home it was third or fourth row behind the dugout uh for for indians and cubs game seven it was the single worst night of my life um Well, one of, I mean, I've had some bad ones when my dad passed away. That's obviously worse, but this was, this was awful. I mean, it was painful because we were down big. We came back, we ended up losing and it was just, it was brutal, but yeah. Oh, Brownstown first and foremost. Uh, The Browns really do what they're supposed to do this year and, and win a lot of games that that city's going to go crazy.
1: I would like to see a Lake Erie AFC championship uh, between Buffalo and Cleveland. Oh man. That that would be be fun. fun that would be fun, and they're two great fan bases they are. as well. But they are. uh Kansas City to me is still the top team in the AFC until somebody can knock them out in the AFC playoffs.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm a little worried about the Bills from uh, you know, is Josh Allen from what I've read not vaccinated. Uh is that gonna is he gonna miss some time if he's a close contact or anything? That's a concern. Um, I, I think the bills snuck on snuck up on some people the last couple of years. Um, I'm with you. I think Kansas City bounces back. You could just see in the Super Bowl that uh, Mahomes and his O-line not, were not healthy in that mm-hmm. game. Um, I think they're definitely the favorites there. But I do like Cleveland. I think the Browns are solid. I think Kevin Stefanski is a heck of a coach. The AFC is loaded. Uh, really, really good league uh, and better than the NFC in my opinion.
1: And one team I wouldn't count out in the AFC is the Tennessee Titans – yeah, I like their head coach, Mike Vable. And, I do too. Uh, and they have a good passing game, good quarterback, Tannehill, and I like that running back, Derrick Henry. And I still i am old school. To win in the NFL, I still think you have to be two-dimensional because I, I find teams in the playoffs, they uh, just want to throw the ball. But when the weather gets bad, I still believe in having an effective running game
0: too. I agree. Uh That is old school football and I think they're going to lose a little bit with Arthur Smith leaving the offensive coordinator. I think he did a great job Um, and they've been hit by the COVID bug in a, a weird way. Uh, But yeah, Derek Henry's a monster and they're just physical. I like the identity of that team. You know, when you play the Titans Monday and Tuesday after the game's over, you're sore, man, they really beat you up. And uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good competitive teams in, in the AFC. Miami is a, uh, is a B to play against. If You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. uh, they're tough. Uh, the Patriots if Mac Jones can do anything. Never count out Belichick. You mentioned Buffalo. There's a lot of, a lot of good teams in the AFC and, and the chargers can be good too. I was
1: going to say, where's Cam Newton end up in your opinion,
0: man, I don't know. I don't, you know, what's weird is he hasn't been picked up. I mean, if, does he want to be a backup somewhere? I know he made the comment before he got cut by the Patriots. He he's, is, are 32 guys better than me? I don't think so, but I think people around the NFL think so. And uh, it could be a while before somebody signs uh, Cam Newton.
1: And he's uh, and the Patriots are paying his salary this year, so whoever picks him up, I don't think is going to be paying very much for him.
0: Um, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, so. Be interesting to see. You know, you're going to have injuries next week. Uh, hopefully, not anybody's significant or, or any injuries that are significant, but. he'll he'll buy his time and then if someone gets hurt my guess is uh, he'll be the first phone call made because there's not a lot of great quarterbacks sitting at home right now
1: well and Buffalo picked up uh, Mitchell uh, Travinsky from the Bears as an insurance policy to Josh Allen and I I really think he'll be a a value addition to the Bills because nowadays you do need to have a a very good competent backup quarterback because now with 17 games there's more chances guys are going to get hurt in that as well.
0: Yep, yep, great point, great point. He, uh he, he always seemed to light the Lions up for some odd reason. Trubisky, when he played for the Bears, and then of course, Week One of the preseason, the Bills come to town. Josh Allen is out, and of course, who starts? None other than Trubisky. And he had, he, had, he looked decent. He needed a change of scenery. Uh, I didn't think yeah. he, I, I never thought he was good. Yeah. in Chicago, but he needed a change of scenery. So,
1: and good it's for a win. Yeah, and it's a one-year deal, just like the Eagles uh, signed Joe Flacco for one year because I think he's just going to mentor Hurts uh, uh, as well. So
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh,
1: okay, next question I wanted to ask you. It's Lions-related. Um, thoughts on the new GM Brad Holmes, and do you see a long-term plan for the Lions?
0: I do. Uh, so far, so good with Brad. Uh, the jury's going to be still out. We have to watch one to two drafts before we can make any Bold proclamations. I love the energy that he brings. I like how transparent he is. Uh, he's met with the media more times in in the half in the half a year calendar year that he's been the GM than maybe Bob Quinn, his predecessor, had in three or four years. Uh, so he's been open to the media. He's done some interviews, which is good, because obviously the media is the conduit to the fans, and you need to hear from the boss and what's going on. Uh, let's see about the hire of Dan Campbell. I know national people make, make fun of Dan and the kneecap biting thing, but there is a plan in place. They want to build from within. They've got a nice offensive line. Holmes has really built that D line, uh, adding Aline McNeil, uh, Levi on a few other free agents, Michael Brockers. He wants to win in the trenches first. I like that. Um, but the biggest question is going to be quarterback. He traded Matthew Stafford. He got a bunch of first round picks, which was good. But now is his guy, Jared Goff, going to be the guy to get it done? Um, And if not, then how will he do in drafting Goff's replacement next year in the draft, which he will have to do rather early?
1: Okay. Um, I was going to – now I'm going to ask you about uh, Dan Campbell. What's your thoughts on Dan Campbell so far in training camp and preseason?
0: Well, I I talked to some people in the building off the record, um, and they tell me that they love him, that he's genuine – uh, what you see is what you get. The players love playing for them, which is a 180 from the, from the previous regime and Matt Patricia. So that's good. That's a start. Let's get everybody on the same page. Let's have a culture fit. Let's have somebody that is transparent and open-minded, willing to admit mistakes. Uh, the previous regime here was a complete uh, bleep show. It was brutal. So now you have somebody in, in Dan Campbell that is that is, is is willing to say, I'm a rookie head coach, I'm going to make some errors, but let's get some people in here on the same page and try to build something. Um, sometimes does he go a little bit overboard with, with, with some of the things he says? Sure, but Jerry's still out. We're going to need to, again, these are questions, Chris, you and I will have to talk about in two or three years because this is starting over here. It really is. But so far, I like what I'm seeing in a, from a, from a culture standpoint and just motivationally, he's been good. Now we got to find out, you know, tie game in the fourth quarter, two minutes to go. Are he and his offensive coordinator on the same page? Are they using the challenge flag? Are they using the timeouts well? How prepared is he? We're going to find out pretty soon.
1: I was going to say, and and from being an outsider here, I find the Lions, uh, the stability. They've gone through so many GMs and so many coaches. I'm thinking the last time they had a coach that was there more than a couple years was uh, either Wayne Fonts or Bobby Ross.
0: Well, Jim Caldwell lasted about Carwell. five or six years. You okay. know, Fonce was obviously the longest tenured, the all-time winningest and all-time losingest coach. Coach. And, and he was there a long time, and they had success with Barry Sanders and Wayne and that group. Caldwell, to me, i still say, and I didn't say this at the time, so I can admit I was wrong, but when they fired Jim Caldwell, I'm like, good, you know, time for change. But we look back now and we say that was a mistake. Players love playing for him. Uh, the issue wasn't really coaching when they about when they went nine and seven back to back years. Bob Quinn, the new GM, thought it was and brought in his friend. And Patricia was a nightmare, um, but Caldwell brought brought stability, and there just wasn't enough talent. And guys needed to be play better. You know, Matthew Stafford, if he elevates his game a little bit, maybe Jim Caldwell's still here. But that didn't happen. So you're right, though. Stability needs to they need to stick go just go with this Holmes Campbell plan for a few years and stick with it.
1: Well, and it's like, Hey, I'm being an Eagles fan. And I think the Eagles probably will struggle this year. And Philly fans will probably want Nick Serrani gone too, but you got to give a guy at least three or four years to maybe be, I would say between three and five years to turn a team around and change a culture. But I don't know if you agree with me on that.
0: No, I I, I do. Um, unfortunately, I would say in different sports, baseball, maybe even basketball, it's going to take longer in the NFL. It's, it's a quick turnaround. When you see Carolina go from 1-15 to the Super Bowl, uh, you see some bad teams like Cleveland, who was just 0-16 a few years ago. Now people are picking them to maybe make the Super Bowl. You can you can rebuild quick in the NFL, quicker than you can in baseball and basketball. Um, Sirianni, I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll see. I thought Doug Peterson did a good job. He didn't handle the win situation well last year and uh, the Roseman stuff, I, but, man, to take the Eagles to the promised land and to beat the Patriots, and then just to be gone like that, I've, that's a, that's tough. I
1: was going to say, Matt, it just shows you it's hard enough to get to the top of the mountain once, but to stay on the, there like the Patriots, as much as everybody in the NFL dislikes the Patriots, you'll never see a 20-year dynasty like that again in the in that national football again, my no. opinion.
0: Nope, and look at Dallas and how difficult it's been for America's team to win. You know, I'm, I'm sure you hate the Cowboys, but um, they were so yeah. good for so long. And now it's just they can't win a playoff game. And they're the, and they're the Cowboys. So,
1: yeah. But it just like I said, it's it just shows you how hard it's even harder to stay on top, even though you get there once. It's, yeah, because the Eagles, I really thought had a good chance of going back and winning another Super Bowl, but obviously it didn't. So, OK, uh, Matt, my next question I wanted to ask you, are you still OK for a little more time?
0: Yeah, I got about 10 more minutes, my friend. Uh, sure. Okay,
1: no problem. Uh, quickly, what were your thoughts overall on Matthew Stafford in his time with the Lions?
0: You know, I get this. Uh, I get asked this a lot. Um, I like Matthew Stafford. I think he did a, a really good job here. Um, nobody's bashing him. I'm not hating on him, but he didn't win enough. And for a guy that talented and for what the national media really thinks of him, And the lauding that he's received over this last five, six months. Oh, he's going to go to L.A. Uh, My buddy Adam Shine that does a shine on sports on Sirius every day. He he thinks Stafford's taking the Rams to the Super Bowl. Remember, he never won a playoff game here. How are you going to go from never winning a playoff game to the Super Bowl? I don't see it. I think he's a very good quarterback. I'm not putting him in the elite class. Uh, I'm not calling him great. Not saying I dislike him. But I just... Don't think he's a top 10 guy. I think he's right on the brink, 10, 11, 12 type. I think he's gonna win you a lot of games. But you know, for him to come out a few weeks ago at ESPN on ESPN.com and say, Well, I just want to play in some big games, Matthew. You played in plenty of big games here and you didn't get it done. So this narrative of he's escaped Detroit and all of a sudden he's gonna be Superman, I don't I don't see it. I think he'll win a lot of games in LA. They got a great team there. He's got a good supporting cast around him. But Super Bowl? No, I'm I'm not there yet.
1: I think the NFC West is one of the toughest divisions for football. Yes. So, it we'll is. see what and it, and like I said, I think San Francisco's going to be very improved. I think Seattle is always competitive, and then you got the Rams as well. And then uh what's that other team in the NFC West? I forgot who it was. Was it the Saints?
0: No, you said yeah. Seattle, you said Sid. Seattle, the Rams. Seattle, yeah, Rams. Nice.
1: Niners. And, yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, San Francisco. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's said, a, in Arizona there. That's a good division, man. Really yeah.
1: I, I actually, I forgot about the Cardinals. Yeah. They're I think they're going to be a, a, a competitive team this year as well.
0: Yes. agree, Definitely.
1: Okay. Um, just a couple more quick questions for you, Matt. Um, overall impressions of the lines and training camp in preseason so far. I know there's not a lot, but just, I just wanted to get your take on that so far.
0: Um, like I said, I like the fact they're all on the same page. Uh, they're all on a string, no infighting, no COVID issues. Uh, it seems like everybody's signed up and everybody's aligned. That is good. Um, concerns. I, 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 the wide receiver room is the worst unit in all of football. It's, it's really bad. They had to make some additions. Kaderil Hodge, Trinity Benson are now in. I think that'll help. Uh, I question how good the secondary is going to be in a passing league. Uh, can they get it done? Um, and you know, I'm concerned about some injuries. Um, you know, Deshaun Hand's going to be out for a little while. Is DeAndre Swift healthy? TJ Ockinson didn't really play in the preseason, and he's a huge weapon for them. So those are those are some concerns I have. I, again, with the schedule and with the talent on this roster, I think it's going to be very difficult to win five games this year.
1: Okay. uh, As of right now, do they even have a kicker?
0: Yes. uh, Austin Seibert, ex of the Browns and Bengals, but stay tuned on that. That could change. (laughs) They should have kept Matt Prater. I don't know what they were thinking. What was it? Was it just who wanted too much
1: money, or they just felt it was time to move on from him?
0: No. Apparently, from from the people that I talked to that were close to Prater, he wanted to come back and liked it here. Uh, Arizona offered a two-year deal. The Lions, I believe, at the time of the offer, only offered one. And then he agreed with the Cardinals. The Lions came back to him and said, all right, we move some money around. Here we are. with, We can bolster the deal. And Prater's like, I already got two years from Arizona, so I'm leaving. And his wife's from out there. So uh, that was not Brad Holmes's best move because they've, re- they've gone through kickers now. Randy Bullock, Matthew Wright, Zane Gonzalez, and now Austin Seibert. So, post Prater, they've tried four different guys already, and we're not even at week one yet.
1: Okay. I just wanted to ask you about that. So,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect.
1: And I just had two more questions for you, Matt, and I'll wrap it up. Um, any Lions players for like people like myself or outsiders to possibly watch for this 2021 Lions team that might stand out? And uh, nice are you team? talking about
0: fantasy or just like in general? In general. Uh, well, T.J. Hawkinson and Frank Ragnow are their best players, and their punter Jack Fox. They actually had three Pro Bowlers last year, which is hard to do uh, in this league, especially when you're as bad as the Lions were. But Fox is a heck of a heck of a heck of a weapon as a punter. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson's a very good tight end. The question's going to be this year because the receiving core is minus the likes of Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Amendola. Will the other team just double T.J. every time, and will he see the ball? Uh, I like Frank Rag now as a center. He is just a really solid piece in the middle. Uh, defensively, the D line is is going to look good. I think. I think Romeo Quara will have another good year and and get to the quarterback. Uh, a name to watch that might come on is Derek Barnes, uh, a linebacker and rookie from uh, Penn State. That could be a guy that that moves up the depth chart rather quickly.
1: Okay. And uh, my last question, you already answered the next one I was going to ask you uh, in terms of when I think you already said five. But uh, obviously, do you feel strongly the Lions will be more competitive this year than in all their games under Dan Campbell?
0: You know, it's interesting, Chris, because I think the Lions were competitive. It's not like they got blown out a lot last year. Um, But. Yes, I think they'll be together and competitive. I think there were times there was infighting that got rid of a lot of veterans that were unhappy. Um, But there's just going to be some games where the talent's going to take over this year, and they're going to be in trouble. Uh, I already talked about week one and having to play San Francisco. That's just a bad matchup. It's a bad matchup. And I don't think the Lions, they're like an eight-point underdog at home in week one. And I don't think it'll be that close because of just the material San Francisco has how they pursue the football, how they get to the quarterback, how the Lions are going to be starting a rookie right tackle, um, and how the Lions linebackers aren't very good, and the, and the Niners do a lot of crossing stuff. They hit Kittle, the, the tight end. The Lions haven't guarded tight ends in years. So that's a, that's a problem. So I think, there's going to be, I think there's going to be a competitive streak in nature of this team and a never-give-up attitude, but I just think that from a talent perspective, they're going to need two to three drafts to really replenish this thing and get enough talent in here.
1: And do you feel Campbell could be a very good teacher for these uh, young players?
0: I do. I, I don't know how he's going to do during the, during Sundays, but I know during the week he and his staff are excellent. Uh, I know, you know, Deuce do Staley very well, yes. the former Eagles yep. running back and assistant oh, yeah. coach
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, from everybody that I've talked to. He's amazing. Like people love this guy. I think and in like one yep. in one to two years, he's going to be a head coach somewhere.
1: You just read nope. my mind. You just read my mind right there about that. Yeah,
0: and uh, you know we, we've talked a lot about African American assistant coaches not getting a shot. If Deuce Staley is not getting interviewed next year, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Uh, the staff is good. Uh, the defensive backs coach, Aubrey Pleasant, is apparently amazing, and the players love him. So you've got good coaches. That's good. That may help you. But again, the coaches aren't going to be on the field playing. They know the players are. So I do think they'll be better coach this year. Yes.
1: Okay. For you, Matt. So I think you froze there for a sec, but you're good. Uh, last question for you. Uh, do you have any advice, not just for myself, uh, for anyone that's looking to pursue a career in radio? And again, where can my audience find you on social media if they want to uh, contact you on there?
0: Well, again, like we talked about before, Chris, uh, networking, contacting people, uh, sharing your materials with others, whether it's audio, video, whatever, reach out. That's the biggest piece of advice I can give any young broadcaster. There are jobs out there, Uh, whether you go to the uh, um, uh, Jason Barrett's website. um, uh, He's a broadcast uh, consultant, um, Barrett Sports Media. You can Google that. Uh, STAA talent, places like that that post jobs, keep an eye out for things be able to want to start in a small market um, that's an advice piece I can give uh, and follow me uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Dairy Speaks, last name Derry D-E-R-Y Speaks um, like Chris did and uh, I should hopefully reply to you and uh, follow, I also have a fan Facebook page Matt Dairy Facebook fan page so like and follow there as well
1: Okay. I was going to say, Matt, uh, thank you again so much for coming oh, on you're, today. You're
0: so welcome. So I, welcome. Really,
1: I really appreciate it, and I'm hoping maybe in the fall you might be able to come back and we can talk more about the, the Detroit Pistons because I'm a lifetime uh, Pistons fan since Let's 1981, the year Isaiah Thomas was drafted. That's when I became a Pistons fan, and, and, uh, and I, I really like the direction this team seems to be going in uh, right now as well.
0: I agree. It's uh, I just had D.J. Baker on the Pistons pod this week, the uh, uh, new uh, head coach of the Motor City Cruise of the G League, and he's coming over from the Pistons staff and talking about coaching staffs and what they've done. They've done. Dwayne Casey and his staff have done a fantastic job.
1: And I was gonna say, and Toronto was one of the early teams that had a G League team uh, in Mississauga, which is outside of Toronto, and I think it's great that Pistons finally have a G League team, and it's gonna be right next door towards uh, Little Caesars Arena as well.
0: Yeah, it's totally cool. What's the uh, hockey team up there, Chris? The Ice Dogs? The Mississauga? The Mississauga, yeah. No, Steelheads. Steelheads. The, the, oh. the Ice Dogs
1: moved to Niagara. Ah. So the Niagara Ice Dogs. And the Mississauga teams, the Mississauga Steelheads. And they can't draw flies because Toronto <laughs> Toronto, Toronto is just a maple leaf town.
0: Oh, come on. I knew you would know. You, I knew you, you're my I'm a friend. From now on, if I need hockey stuff, I'll just hit you up, Chris. Okay. Uh, I knew you would know. We can, you, we can talk some Binghamton Rangers sometime. I went to when I was at Syracuse. I went up to the to a Binghamton Rangers game once. It was exhilarating. Trust yeah. me.
1: I love the <laughs> AHL and uh, I follow the OHL as well a lot. Oh, and, man. and there's a number of guys from the Gulf Storm that are on the Red Wings too now, with oh, uh, Bertuzzi, okay. Fabry, uh, Javon yeah. Smith. So, uh, like you said, I love the OHL and 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 watching games and stuff like that. And I I hope uh, I hope I just hope things get better with the uh, the border so the uh, U.S. teams can cross yeah uh, cross over because uh, there's two teams in uh, Michigan I think Saginaw and Flint I keep thinking Plymouth but the OHL if you've never been to an OHL game check it out it's really good hockey.
0: True story. You ready? So I'm okay. working at DFN and our sister station was 13:10 a.m. at the time. And we carried the Plymouth Whalers games, and when they made the playoffs, so they went to the uh, what was it called? Not the Turner Cup; that was IHL.
1: The IHL championship.
0: Yeah. What's that called? What's it? It was a it was some sort of cup, right?
1: John Ross uh, Trophy, the John uh, JF Ross.
0: Whenever J. they Ross wherever trophy. they got to, okay, they get to this final thing, and uh, I was working with a guy Sean Belisian, and he was hosting like the intermissions on 13, 10 a.m. And he's like, let's take some phone calls and talk about the game. And I'm like, who's going to call in to talk about the Plymouth Whalers? Okay. Lo and behold, the lines light up like it was a Lions game show. And I'm like, whoa. Like all these they, – coming out of the woodwork, man, OHL, they they got some hardcore fans. It was uh, – my buddy Jack Senevice is going to be the voice of the Flint Firebirds. You got to look him up uh, sometime. I know that's a minor league hockey team. Jack's a great guy, but uh, hockey fans are passionate, man. They really are
1: definitely and hey i have uh cousins and family in taylor michigan and they're the ones when i uh, was a kid in the 70s uh that got me into the Tigers, red wings pistons Oh, okay they fill with the lions but i always did like billy sims and <laughs> barry sanders but uh i'm a huge uh michigan wolverines fan too but i look forward to the day i can go back and uh, uh visit them in taylor michigan and stuff
0: that's right that's right and, uh, taylor is a uh, jim price would say nice area
1: it is, and it's only 15 minutes from uh, from downtown Detroit, really. That's
0: right. Yeah, that's yep. right. So,
1: okay, All Matt. Right, Chris. I'm going to let you go, but thank you so much for coming on. You're and, welcome. And uh, I look forward to uh, keeping in touch with you on social media. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Matt. Have a great day. You too. Yeah, bye. Anyways, guys, that was Matt Derry. I hope uh, everybody enjoyed the podcast today. Again, Matt Sia, uh, uh, he's a longtime radio personality that was in Detroit and now in Cleveland. And he's a host of Locked on Lions podcast, the Pistons podcast, and the um, Derry Brothers um, uh, tribe cast on 92.3, the fan in Cleveland. And he's also with Financial Architects Incorporated as their uh, business development director. So um, I really appreciate Matt coming on today. And we basically focused on uh, the 2021 Detroit Lions. And uh, when Matt comes back on again in the future Uh, we're going to probably talk more about the Detroit Pistons as well Uh, anyways the Detroit Lions open up the regular season and home opener on Sunday September 12th at one o'clock against Jimmy G and the uh, San Francisco 49ers at Ford uh, field Uh, before I go guys I'm just going to show some uh, uh, a preview of the Lions Niners here just one second guys
2: East to start the 2021 season, off to Detroit to take on the Lions, who will start a QB not named Matthew Stafford in an opener for the first time in over a decade. Let the Jared Goff era begin. This is a really good pass by Goff. Goff will make his regular season Lions debut coming over from the Rams in the offseason in that big trade. So, this will be the first time we see (coughs) who he develops chemistry with. The leading candidate, tight end TJ Hawkinson.
1: Looks close Yes, just Yes! Get down to Lions. TJ Hawkinson, they did
2: it. So how easy will it be for Goff and company to get acclimated with each other against the Niners pasty? They put up solid numbers overall in 2020. Pressure, Goff got hit, intercepted by Javad Kinlaw, running back 10, 5, Touchdown! Jared Goff gets absolutely smoked. but they lost two of their starting corners. So this will be the first real chance for a few other faces to prove themselves. And it'll also mark the return of Nick Bosa. Dozens pressured again. That's a half dozen sacks. Bosa. San Fran's pass rush was a shell of its former self without Bosa. The rest of their front feeding off his ability to take on double teams. Pass protection wasn't a strength for the Lions in 2020. So Lions fans will get to see first-round pick Panay Sewell in real action for the first time, and he could be doing a lot of run blocking. DeAndre Swift looking to build off a solid rookie campaign. How do my shoulder pads taste? But it will be tough sledding here as well. The Niners have Fred Warner sitting in the middle, and he helped the 49ers keep teams to the fourth lowest yard per carry average in the league. Oh, boy. Ah! Toting the rock, though, is typically the preferred method of travel for the 49er offense, so the Lions should be prepared to see plenty of Raheem Moster. Oh what a stiff arm there on Kaiser by the Mosterati! See ya! But 49ers fans will mostly be watching to see how Jimmy G fares. Garoppolo needs to get off to a hot start if he wants to keep Trey Lance on the sidelines.
0: What an absolute strike from Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: Detroit will have to primarily keep tab on a trio of 49ers pass catchers.
0: Ayuk, Ayuk is on fire. Hey, you guys know what it is. It's National Tight End Day, so like. It is. I saw that this
2: morning. I it, yeah. I'll, let the, I'll let their defense know. Debo Samuel, jet sweep motion, takes the forward flip, breaks a tackle, and runs for a 49er first down. Across the 34, not touchdown down the sideline! They never blew him dead! He popped back up and made it a huge run! And I don't think it's too harsh to describe the Lions' team last year as a bit of a train wreck. Throw into the end zone! Touch, touchdown Bears! Jimmy Graham! Lots of changes were made, but will they make a difference? This will basically be the first time we see what kind of influence their new coaching regime has on their defensive identity. As for my identity, I'm just the game preview guy, or as some like to call me the voiceover guy. It doesn't really matter. What does is your comments. So slap them in there along with your score predictions, of course, and we'll slap our predictions on the screen. And for this year, each time we do, we'll be slapping 10 of them on there for you.
1: Anyways, Anyways, guys, that was just a little preview of week one, uh, Niners against the Lions, and uh, I agree with Matt. It's going to be a long year for the the Detroit Lions, but I feel uh, Dan Campbell and their new GM, uh, Brad Holmes, uh, will turn this ship around, but it's going to probably take a couple years. But I think it all starts with their O-line and D-line, but I think San Francisco will uh, end up beating the Lions by uh, at least 10 points. So Uh, anyways, guys, I hope, again, you enjoyed Matt Derry. Uh, Check him out on his uh, Twitter page as well. Uh, I'll put that up there again. Uh, I just want to say, uh, live with CDP, live with CDP podcast. They can speak. The audio version is always on Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Spotify, CastBox, and I also download my uh, podcast on my LinkedIn page if you'd like to follow me on uh, LinkedIn as well. And uh, I'm also on TikTok at Live with CDP. That's at Live with CDP on TikTok. And also, guys, uh, just to let you guys know, my next guest today, uh, I have another podcast today at 4 o'clock, one on the West Coast. Uh, this afternoon's guest is Lauren Rainson, uh, meteorologist with CBS 5, Arizona Arizona Family 3 TV affiliate in Phoenix, Arizona. And she's going to talk to us about her career as a meteorologist and uh, what's going on with the weather right now. in, in uh, obviously in Louisiana and New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania with Hurricane um, Ida as well so I'm looking forward to speaking to uh, Lauren later on today and also guys just to let you know uh, let's see uh <laughs> Uh, let's see. I've got a website coming soon. Live with CDP podcast soon. Coming soon. So and that's great. And uh, let's see, guys. Uh, Live with CDP merchandise. Per, uh, merchandise Podcast shirts are 15. Coffee mugs 15. And my new podcast hats are 18. Shipping or extra if you're out of Guelph and out of the country as well and uh the eagles open up their regular season uh at atlanta on sunday september 12th at one o'clock kickoff i'll be listening to moral reese who's in his 45th year as the eagles radio play-by-play voice along with former eagles great wide receiver mike quick i'm looking forward to that as well and uh like i said guys uh again my guest you can follow matt on twitter at dairy speaks that's at uh, dairy speaks. And I really appreciate Matt coming on today. So anyways, guys, like I said, I do have a podcast in a couple hours and I'm going to call this one a show, but I'm looking forward to speaking again to uh meteorologist, uh, Lorraine, uh, Lorraine Rainson, Lorraine, uh, Lawrence, sorry, Lauren Rainson, a uh, meteorologist with CBS five in Arizona and, and that as well. So. All right, guys, I'm going to call this a podcast, but again, thank you to Matt Derry uh, for coming on the longtime radio personality in Detroit and Cleveland and talking Detroit Lions football. And we'll see you guys at four o'clock when I have Lauren Rainson, meteorologist from CBS five affiliate CBS affiliate in Arizona, come on and we'll talk uh, her career as a meteorologist and uh, maybe about the hurricane Ida situation as well in some of the States as well. All right, guys. Uh, We'll see you at 4 o'clock for another edition of Live with CDP. Thank you to everyone who watched live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And I will be on Twitch again very soon as well. Okay, guys, have a great afternoon. We'll see you in a couple hours for another edition of Live with CDP.